Download Adam Sank's last comedy album on Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play. We're already in the shower together. The risk has been taken. If I don't blow you, the risk will have been for nothing. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. Okay. I hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris. Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. Yeah. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no moss, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only... Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are coming at you live. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, November 30th, 2019 at dnrstudios.com, the only place to hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs. Leave us your ratings and reviews on iTunes or wherever else you listen to this bullshit. Email me, me at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page, download my two comedy albums. And if you're listening to us live, call in and chat at 844-825-5367. Also, if you're going to be in the New York City area the weekend of December 13th through 15th, come see Ryan and me, me, perform with the New York City Gay Men's Chorus. It is our holiday extravaganza happening at the Skirball Center for Performing Arts, and you can get your tickets at nycgmc.org. Speaking of singing, our guest today is singer-songwriter Justin Utley. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Private joke for those of you who don't listen to the podcast. I swear one day he's going to walk through that I door. I know. No, we actually have an amazing guest today. It's Pissy Miles, the drag queen who crashed Donald Trump's impeachment hearings. We will also be live in studio with uh, a, another drag queen, and uh, he's running for uh, the State House in Delaware. His name's Eric Morrison. So today, Ryan, is all about politics and drag queens. But first, it's time to introduce our co-host, everyone's favorite frost pig, Ryan Frostig. <laughs> Hi! Caca! Watching you do this live and read your... It was, um, it was really exciting. It was something. Yeah. Ryan... Hi! And here's JB... Hello. Ryan, tell them about our Thanksgiving with the Sanks and caca. Oh my goodness. There was a little French child, little baby. <laughs> Named Hadrian. Named Hadrian. And uh, every 10 seconds, he just had to um, caca. Well, we have this tradition where we go around the table uh, at my family's Thanksgiving. And we all say what we're thankful for. And for some reason this year, we started applauding after each yeah. person. And every time we would applaud, Hadrian would go caca. Hadrian, so then we all started doing Hadrian it. Hadrian was triggered and just needed to caca his uh, feelings away. Anyway, I'm going to turn this off now, yeah, but you can listen to this podcast live if you subscribe to dnrstudios.com, or you can wait a week and hear it on iTunes. Let's continue. 
Okay. That was fun. So, Ryan, yes. uh, this has been our fir- this is our first live show since November 2nd. I know. I don't even know who we are anymore. Who are we? Uh, who are we? Who is she really? really? What is this? What is happening? What's Help happening me? here? So much has happened. First of all, uh, we had Thanksgiving. Yes. Happy belated Happy Thanksgiving belated. to all of you, JB. I am thankful for you and your ass. Thank you. I'm thankful oh, for my ass okay. and you all and our, JB. All of our asses. JB was saying he ate nothing but Brussels sprouts for Thanksgiving. And turkey. Mm, I love Brussels sprouts. Oh my God, it was so good. I can get down with that. <sighs> His mom's friend makes really good Brussels sprouts. Mm. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Scrout. Also, my friend Amy Slotnick got married she to did. Noah Kornblum. Congratulations. Mazel tov. I was the officiant. Ryan was a it guest. Was fabulous. Thank it was you. a beautiful wedding. Um, I also want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Billy Zayak or Zayak. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we did a story about butthole sunning. Mm-hmm. This is a new thing where people spread their ass cheeks. And, sure. And you tried it. And I did try it for a few moments and it did feel good. But uh, Billy left the funniest comment on the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. He wrote musical notes and then he wrote, butthole sun, won't you come? <laughs> Oh my God. And wash away the pain, butthole sun. That is really so we have good. to add to our list of things that we say we're going to do and never do. Yes. That we're going to make the music video to butthole sun. Plan. Wait, what is my, what is my motto? Plan, Plan it. Now. Plan it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Anyway, uh, as I said earlier, we're excited for Pissy Miles. We're excited for Eric Morrison. Today's going to be packed, but we have to start with our Natalia update. <laughs> Hit it, JB. Okay, well, well, he's looking for the bumper. Let me just say that when we started doing this Natalia story mm-hmm. m- months ago, months. I thought it was just going to be a one-time thing. One and done. It's just a flash in the pan. Yes. But every week, there's something new about new Natalia. And this is the biggest one of all because finally, <laughs> Natalia speaks. Natalia speaks. We get to hear from Natalia herself. But uh, hit it, uh, JB, once you... Are we still getting it up? Okay, so while he's looking for that, Natalia, to to catch you up in case you're not a regular listener, is the Ukrainian orphan who was accused by her former adoptive family of actually being a mentally disturbed adult masquerading as a child, uh, which was basically the plot of the movie Orphan. And so they abandoned her. The, The adoptive parents basically moved to Canada and left her in a house by herself they claim that she was, as I said, a, a, like a 22-year-old adult, she, but she claims that she was really just eight years old when this happened. Um, she has since been adopted by another family, the Manns family. And Pastor Manns and his wife were on the Dr. Phil show with Natalia. And this is the first time we get to hear from Natalia. And, you know, half the people we talk to, well, we're not talking to anyone, but half the people (laughs) that the media talks to say she's definitely an adult. She's definitely in her 20s. There's no way she's a child. And the other half say, no, she really is only 16. She was eight when she was abandoned. Apparently, this adoptive family found her within a few months of her being abandoned, and they took her in. So she's been living with them for like seven years. Yeah. JB, any luck? Okay, so anyway, let's hear from Natalia herself talking with Dr. Phil. Do you have that one, JB? What did they say to you when they took you over there and dropped you off? They just said, we're going to get you an apartment and we're going to Canada. Did you say, I'm eight? I didn't know what to say. I didn't really know what was going on at first until like after it happened. Like I was confused. Were you scared? I was. 
I didn't really like want to leave the apartment, but I had to go to school. So you went to school? Yes. How far was the school? Maybe about a block away from the house. So this is a new school? Yes. An adult school. Christine, she had signed me up right after I moved in, after that day. Wow. I have to say she looks and sounds like a totally normal person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she looks like a dwarf. She definitely is one. Yeah. But is she 16? Maybe. You know, it's hard. Some people could be 16. They could be 25. Yeah. It's like when they cast people on TV and teenage roles. Yeah. I mean, she definitely sounds like a young woman. But nothing about her seems like deranged or or violent or evil. Not at all. Dr. Phil asked her about the specific allegations, including the fact that she put house cleaner in the parents' coffee, pushed them into an electric fence, and and uh, hid knives on top of the fridge. But Natalia points out, I I I can't reach that high. <laughs> and she's got a pretty she's got a point. You know, when you're only three feet tall, there's only so much you can do, as far as mischief is this, concerned. So what were you going to say? I, I, this this whole story has been such a journey because when I <laughs> first heard it, like I couldn't help but laugh. Like it just it was so absurd. But then, like, this is a real person. That's it's a real person a who's lot. abandoned. Abandoned. At it's eight. like really. I have the thing. Okay, let's hear the bumper now. Is she a sweet, young, lovable orphan? Or is she an evil dwarf in disguise? Time now for your Natalia update. Better late than never. Thank you, JB. Anyhow, um, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to believe her yes. and um, the people who are saying she was a child. And I. From the beginning, I have said either she watched the movie Orphan and was inspired to concoct this whole scheme, or the adoptive parents watched the movie Orphan, decided they wanted to abandon her for whatever reason, and and decided they would, you know, basically uh, reconstruct the plot of Orphan as their rationale. But she really does not seem like a dangerous person. And the family, she's been living with this new family for years. They haven't had any problems with her, so... Uh, I'm glad that Natalia is safe. Me too. I don't know why everyone goes on Dr. Phil. He's such a douche. Yeah, come on the ass. Come on the Adam Sank Show, Natalia. We're your biggest fans. I also can't wait for Natalia, the musical. Oh, my God. Who will play Natalia? Jen Jen Cody can play Natalia. Oh, my God. She's so short. (laughs) Just kidding, Jen. Okay. uh, In much more serious news, and Ryan, this is of particular interest to you. I knew that you would. Doctors have discovered a new strain of antibiotic-resistant bacteria in gay men. Oh, dear. Dr. Alex Greninger, the lead researcher in this study, uh, says that uh, they've linked new strains of Campylobacter coil, no, Campylobacter coli, um, and the discovery of the bacteria exclusively in gay men suggests that the disease is sexually transmitted. You know, when when everyone stopped using condoms and Mm -hmm. went on PrEP, we were warned that there were going to be new things coming out of the sea. Coming out of the, there's always the muck. something being brewed in the. There's something brewing. Something and going on. With, <laughs> there's something happening with men in the ass. Where is oh, that? I want to hear it. Oh, Ooh, JB like, doesn't have my board on. All right. All righty. It, you know what? It's the first show in a month. It's a holiday weekend. Everyone's a little I know. sleepy. But, um, you know, this is a problem. Yeah. And it's going to continue to be a problem. And it's this thing of like, yeah, it's great that we can bear back and it's great that sex no longer has to be deadly. But once again, I've said it before, the human body was not meant, 
It's not designed, let's say. Right. It's, not, it's not a moral thing. It's a science health thing. We're not designed to have sex with thousands of people. We don't have the immune system for that. If only. I mean, so yeah, I mean. But you know, like I, I my generation is of the like, when I came out, the first thing my mom said to me was like, don't get AIDS. So like for so long, I was afraid to have sex without a condom because I was just like, you know, I didn't know about PrEP and I was, I was just convinced that I was going to get HIV and it just like was inevitable. Well, but the good news is you didn't get AIDS I didn't, or HIV but now, so far. now I'm like the complete opposite where it's like You're pig. <laughs> the idea of using a condom, like it doesn't, it sucks. Like, I mean, I, I understand that we should be protecting ourselves and, and, uh, but, but I just, I'm just, I'm just a pig. Well, there's, it, comes the at a, it comes at a cost. It By does. the way, here's what we were looking for before. There's something happening with men in the ass. So be careful out there, kids. Yes. Um, in other news, Jesse Smollett is back in the Ugh. news for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. So I don't know if we knew this, but the, the, the Chicago Police Department has been suing Jesse, basically trying to get back the money that they spent on this investigation. They spent hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to find his attackers. Right. And they believe, and the prosecution believed, that uh, there were there was no real attack that just Jesse had staged it using those two brothers that he was friends with. Well, now Jesse is countersuing the city of Chicago and the brothers, Abimbola Usundero and Olabinjo Usundero, which is also my drag name. <laughs> he claims he was the victim of a malicious prosecution that caused him humiliation, mental anguish, and extreme emotional distress. Gloria Schmidt, the attorney representing the Osundairo brothers, called the counterclaim another sad attempt by Jussie Smollett to try and falsely smear the Osundairo brothers, the city of Chicago, and the Chicago Police Department. You know, not only was Jussie basically just like not – he didn't face any consequences for his hoax, but the, the records were sealed. Mm -hmm. If you remember, there was this weird thing where the Chicago prosecutor – like knew him or knew someone like somehow yeah. Michelle Obama was involved oh and someone in a powerful position was like, make this go away. Yeah. And the prosecution did. But now, now that there's a lawsuit and a counter lawsuit, all that's going to go public. All the evidence that proves that this was a definite hoax yeah. is going to come out. So I, I don't know why he's counter suing, except maybe he thinks he has nothing else to lose at this point. He really doesn't. Speaking of lawsuits, Remember, uh, we've talked about this several times on the show. The guy known as Noodles and Beef. Yeah. His real name is Dylan Hafterteppen. Hafterteppen. He's the one with the, the, the pup pack. He's got like a pack of pups that right. do everything he wants. And, and they're all very big mm -hmm. muscle guys. And they're into having huge balls. And one of them, Jack Ch Chapman, a.k.a. Tank, died in October 2018 from silicone embolism syndrome after getting illegal injections of silicone into his balls. Right. And we had on a journalist, Daniel Villarreal, who talked about uh, basically how, how Noodles and Beef was responsible for this because Tank did anything he told him to. And he Noodles insisted that Tank and his other pups get testicular injections. Well, now Noodles and Beef is suing an Australian TV network for defamation. Hmm. Tank was from Australia. Uh, Australian Network 10 um, basically ran a story in which they suggested or outright accused Noodles and Beef of 
being responsible for Tank's death. In a statement of claim filed with the federal court, Mr. Hafertepen says the over-sensationalized report defamed him in seven ways. He also argues that the channel caused harm by tricking him into giving an interview under false pretenses. Once again, go ahead. No, um, isn't there another lawsuit? The family against? Yeah, I think I think his mom, um, Tank's mom, is suing Noodles and Beef. Once again, if you are at fault, you really shouldn't sue yeah. for defamation. Right. Um, this is going to allow for discovery, which means that all of the evidence against him is going to come out. Now, who knows? Maybe he's totally innocent. I'm not here to convict him. But it's pretty it's clear that he and Tank were in a, um, a, a very— Somewhat, well, very— I would say controlling a, a situa- relationship yes. of, of whatever, you know, kind it was. I don't know. Right. I mean, but you have to prove then that tank absolutely didn't want these injections and noodles kind of forced him to. Yeah. Anyway, we'll continue to follow this story. Um, finally, this is the last story I'm going to do before we talk to our phoner guest. The elections yes. happened like almost a month ago, but we have not been on the air since. And the best news is that over 80 LGBTQ candidates won their elections. Work divas. Yes. This is part of the rainbow wave. Yes, queen! Uh, Let's see. Five legislative seats, four mayoral races. Uh, There were 46 gay men, 20 lesbians, seven bisexuals, six candidates identifying as queer, and one pansexual. Ooh. Well, you said how many bisexuals? Uh, Seven. Mm, Okay. There were also... From where? (laughs) JB loves the bisexual. They could have been women, JB. Oh, never mind. (laughs) <laughs> what is this bisexual he, You know theory? JB has a bisexual fetish. No, because no. all the gay men nowadays are just too gay. And right. I, well, that's <laughs> internal homophobia. It is. And I have not yet dealt with that yet. So until I deal with it. <laughs> anyway, and five transgender candidates, uh, as well as one gender non-conforming, which could have been Ryan's ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Who he ran into at his high school reunion last night. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Victories included re-electing all five sitting LGBTQ state lawmakers in Virginia. Most notably, Danica Rome was re-elected. Pennsylvania voters also voted Tiffany Palmer, a queer attorney in Philly, to the Common Pleas Court. Uh, Eddie Sunquist, a gay man, was elected mayor of Jamestown, New York. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Um, there were losses for some LGBTQ candidates. Michael Bowman was running for treasurer in Kentucky, but um, uh, only 16 of the uh, candidates endorsed by the LGBTQ Victory Fund lost their races, while 81 of them won. So those are some fucking That's crazy. Awesome. You know the gays can't count money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I disagree. I, some of us are very good with money. Especially but this brings you. us to our guest, because in the state of Delaware, as we speak— a man named Eric Morrison is trying to unseat the current state representative, whose name is Earl Jacques, in District 27. Now, both men are Democrats, but Jacques has in the past voted against same-sex marriage and refused to support a ban on conversion therapy. So here's where it gets really interesting. Morrison is openly gay and has performed for 25 years as a drag queen named Anita Mann. Oh, Yeah. Back in October, a drag fundraiser was thrown on behalf of his campaign, and then that fundraiser was attacked by his opponent, Earl Jacques, the current office holder. And that story made national headlines. So joining us now on the phone to tell us more about this, all the way from Newark, Delaware, District 27 candidate Eric Morrison. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Eric. Happy post-Thanksgiving. 
Thank you. Same to you. Same to you. Thank you so much for talking to us. Let us let's start with why you decided to run for a seat in the Delaware State House. Well, I've um, I've been very active in my community. You know, since I was thirteen, I was one of those kids who had to be on student council and all that stuff. Um, and then uh, once I came out when I was in college, I was very active in the LGBT community. And um, as an adult, um, very active also in the community for about 25 years. Um, I was on the board of Delaware Pride for many years. I was president for about three and a half years. And then in recent years, I've been working on a lot of Democratic campaigns and on some state and local legislative issues. And um, just really, you know, given the history of my opponent and um, some some experiences reaching out to him for constituent services where he didn't get back to me, I just really thought it, w- it was a good time to throw my hat in the ring. Now, tell us about the drag fundraiser that was held for you. Where was it? Who were the queens? How were their looks? What songs did they sing? <laughs> well, let's see. We held it actually at a fire hall. Um, where I have done many um, uh, fundraisers for different uh, LGBT charities. Um, they do bingo there, and I've hosted that many times. But um, it actually wasn't me. I wasn't even in it, which is something that my opponent, um, you know, has been, you know, thought but was wrong. I've grown a beard. I love my beard. I'm not getting rid of my beard, and I just don't have time for drag right now. Um, but so it was uh, my best friend, Karen Thomas, uh, Mona Lotz, who is known a lot in D.C. Mona Lotz. Beach. Yes, love it. And um, Miss Troy, who's actually um, also known as Aunt Mary Pat, who is all over the country right now. Um, so, yeah, it was a great, a great night. We had a great turnout and had a really good time. And, you know, it, it really kind of floored me in the newspaper article when, when my opponent um, slammed it. Now, here's, here's what Earl Jacques uh, am I saying his last name right? Actually, he pronounces it Jake. Jake's. Here's what Earl Jake's said to a local newspaper about that fundraiser. Quote, that's so far off base for our district. It's unbelievable. You wonder what the point is. You can have fundraisers. I don't care about that. But dressing in drag, really? So I have to ask you, Eric, is drag uh, really off base for your district? No, and the funny thing is, um, our district has about 22,000 folks. Um, we have twice as many Democrats registered as Republicans. We actually have more independents registered than Republicans. Um, now, it is true that we have a number of churches in our district, but I think it was pretty presumptuous of him to assume that anyone who attends a church is you know, against drag or, you know, anti-LGBT. Um, the comment, in fact, um, caught so many people so off base. The, um, the Delaware um, House, and it, the, I'm sorry, the Delaware House of Representatives Majority Caucus actually issued a statement reaffirming their support for LGBT folks, and they spoke with my opponent, and after that he did issue an apology. Yeah, the condemnation of his remarks seemed to have been universal. I mean, was it seems yeah. like nobody in Delaware agreed with what he said. No, no, I think that's a pretty fair statement, yeah. So what do you think your chances are of unseating him at this point? I, I think they're great. Um, our campaign, um, we kicked off May 1st, and I say we, of course, because, you know, we're a team, but I announced my candidacy May 1st. The election's not actually until September 15th of next year. 
Um, you know, we knew we're going against an incumbent. We want to get out early. We started knocking doors in the district back in July. We've knocked on close to 3,000 doors already. Um, fundraising is going well. We've been at a ton of events. And most importantly, at the doors, we're hearing that uh, the Democrats really want a Democratic candidate who who stands for the tenets of the party. I mean, not just LGBT equality, but my opponent in 2017 voted against the woman's right to choose here in Delaware if Ugh. Roe versus Wade gets overturned. So, you know, they're they're not too happy about a lot of these stances he's taken. Yeah, I think one thing that the election of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez taught us is that just because someone's a Democrat doesn't mean they're the right Democrat. And they can be challenged and they should be challenged if they're not, uh, they don't represent modern Democratic Party values. Absolutely. I mean, he's, you know, we hear a lot at the doors about modern progressive values. He, he's also adamant against uh, cannabis legalization. You know, what? he's been quoted as, yes. Well, he just lost Ryan's vote. As- Absolutely. And JB's. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, Eric, uh, you said you don't want to shave the beard. Will there be any appearances of Anita uh, in beard? You know, there there are bearded queens these days. That's true. You know what? I, I, I don't think so. I think just kind of my kind of drag, it would just really not. Oh, I just couldn't get over that hump, so to speak. So I don't think so. And honestly, I'm just so busy with the campaign. I don't even know if I'd have time to put a face on. Sure. Well, I want to give your website so that my listeners can donate uh, to your campaign. It's ericmorrisonforthe27th.com, and it's the number four and the number 27. Am I right? You are absolutely correct, and that would be great. And if you're in Delaware, if you're in District 27, for God's sake, vote for Eric Morrison. Once again, tell us Election Day again. Election Day is September 15th, 2020. All right, man. We wish you all the luck in the world, and um, and we'll check back with you after Election Day, and hopefully we'll, we'll have a little victory party for you on the air. That's great. I really appreciate you guys having me. Thanks for talking to us, honey. Bye, Eric. Okay. Bye. Great guy. Awesome. I hope he wins. Yeah, I hope he wins and then gets into drag. He will be, you know, if not the first, and certainly one of the first open drag queens to be elected to yeah. State House. And so I hope it happens. Fingers crossed. All right. And uh, speaking of drag queens, it is now time for Ryan's RuPaul's Drag Race update. Go for it. Shantae, you stay. So this season, this um, um, has been phenomenal i feel like as a viewer um my love for the franchise um was restored and we saw a super strong top three um first we had the video once again just remind the listeners how they can watch this because most people aren't watching yeah, Drag so Race it's UK. on wow uh presents plus um world of wonders sort of um it's their streaming service and it's only four dollars a month and it's like you can you can watch Drag Race UK, but then you can also watch all these other shows. Um, and it's been amazing. Like, it's, it really has been so exciting to watch. Um, we had a top three uh, bag of chips. Uh, um, Davina DeCampo, who is a pretty established queen in the UK, and then The Vivian. And um, we saw The Vivian take the crown. She is the first winner of RuPaul's Spoiler Drag Race. Alert. Listen, it's been a while, so if anyone's... There's like probably six people who listen to this podcast that actually care about what I'm saying about Drag Race, but it's okay. Anaya Milton is one of yes. them. Yes. Sorry, Anaya, we ruined it for you. But I think it's interesting because now, um, now we're going to see two seasons of the original 
um, series. And I just wonder how that will compare because the last couple seasons have been a little bit underwhelming. I mean, there have been moments like, you know, there were some exciting moments uh, last season in All-Stars 4, but I think that the fan base is left really frustrated and, and like usually um, wanting, wanting more of like a, um, I don't know, a, a polished kind of like well-produced a good piece of television. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we got this time. Well, I overheard you talking to two fellow chorus queens the other night, and (laughs) one of you were saying, this seems to be the first season in a while where RuPaul is really into it and enjoying herself and like not just uh, phoning it in. Yeah, I would agree with that. And also, RuPaul has looked amazing. There was was a little bit of a, um, a, a lull in her glamour, I feel like after Matthew Anderson uh, left, um, there was some questionable Lukes and um, mugs, um, and and I don't know her. Um, I know uh, Delta Work is no longer working with RuPaul, um, but we all know that. Yeah, we all know that after the uh, interview on uh, Race Chaser that she did. But um, but I think that like yeah, I think RuPaul is like really um, thriving. I mean, has been for a couple of years. Well, now, I will watch this at some point. You need I, to. You, you need you to really lock need me to. in a room and because the Vivian, force me to watch the it. Vivian who who um, won the show, um, her snatch game performance as Donald Trump was. I did see. Yeah, I saw the clip it of that. It was pretty great. Probably the best snatch game in the history of the show. Wow. So um, even better than Bianca. Even better than Bianca. Better than Bob. Better than well. Bob was Bob was like that was that was amazing because he did two characters and he did them both so well. Yeah, but anyway, it was a great it was a great go around. I'm I'm excited for season two. Well, thank you, Ryan, thank as you, always Adam. for the RPPR update. And now it's time for our weekly LGBTQ Pride update. Hit it, Ann Steele. There are no Pride celebrations <laughs> happening any other anywhere in the world. <laughs> During Thanksgiving week, anymore. But um, but but we all have things to be proud of. First of all, we should give Anne Steele and Kelly Carpenter a shout out for decorating the beautiful DNR Studios Christmas tree. It looks so gorgeous. That's a nicer tree than the whole studio, y'all. And Rob Shooter's giant head is the is the uh, the the angel the angel on top. Star topping in order to piss off Derek. Yeah, I can see where that would piss off Derek. Yeah. But uh, so kudos to them. And uh, let's see, what am I proud of this week? Uh, Oh well. I don't think my dog walker listens to this show, but he had to spend Thanksgiving with my dog alone in my apartment and I felt bad. So I went out and bought him a turkey dinner, even though I do not eat meat and do not approve of eating turkey. And I plated it for him and it was a lot of food and I put out pie and there was a cloth napkin and he loved it. So I'm proud of that. That's very nice of you. What are you proud of this week, Ryan? I am proud of my high school boyfriend who showed up to our 10 year reunion last night. In a gown. In a gown. And I, I heard at one time that he had a gown. <laughs> I was, I was gagged. I was gooped because I, I was wondering if I was going to see them, and um, I did. And we sat down and we, we got into it. We talked about high school and we talked about you know being queer and being non-binary and and his experience and it was, their, sorry, their experience, and um, and it was just like it was it was amazing. And I'm proud of them. I really am. Great. And we should mention that they have a huge dick. Huge dick. 
huge nipples, which at the time I, I was not used to and I was a little bit afraid of, and now I, I'm celebrating them. That's great. And he had a great Jeep. They had a great Jeep. Were they tucked or was the dress such that it didn't need a tuck? Uh, it was a flowy, it was more of like, it wasn't a gown, it was more of like a maxi. Okay. Like a maxi dress. Like a calf. They looked amazing. Hair oh, yeah. long, blown out. Stunning. All right, JB, you better have an answer this week. What are you proud of? Oh, okay. So I'm really proud of myself because I'm building part of my dream. As a video game nerd, my dream is to build me a small entertainment center with oh. a whole bunch of video games. So I just pr- recently purchased a PS4 with a whole bunch of Nixon goodies. I'm very proud of myself. Spent like $300 on it. I was like really good. So Okay. Yeah. Good for great. you, Jay. Listen, it's better than last time when you were like nothing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time... For our guest segment, and I am so excited about this that I'm going to play a fanfare. Wait, where's the fanfare? This is how excited I am about today's guest. I am really thrilled to have her here. Our esteemed guest is a popular drag queen comedian and podcast host here in the New York City area. But she made headlines around the world earlier this month when she showed up in full drag at the public impeachment inquiry of Drump, winding up on every major news channel and uh, and in the Washington Post and the Hollywood Reporter. RuPaul herself tweeted a photo of this person along with the statement, when the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know pissy miles. She is here with us live in studio today to tell us all about how she wound up on Capitol Hill in a stunning red gown and everything that's happened since then. So please give a warm ass welcome to Ms. Pissy Miles. Well, good morning. Pissy. Good morning, Pissy. I'm so excited to be. I never thought I would say the words good morning ever in nah. my life. <laughs> because usually you, you, you work until uh, 4 a.m. Right? I've, I've, somewhere along the lines of like when I started getting into nightlife, I, I somehow I turned into Judy Garland in that famous <laughs> Elaine Stritch story when she's like, she rose to her full length at 8 o'clock in the morning and said, Elaine, I never thought I'd say this, but good night. And I was like, that is the best story ever. And I've just strived to make that my life. <laughs> Pissy, you, in one photo, I feel like you, you became iconic. You that, did the damn mm, thing. The picture of you on Capitol Hill getting <laughs> sort of not even wanded. It was like he, the security guard was, was checking out your puffy sleeves to see if you had something inside them. What was going on in that picture? I was trying to stay awake. Because <laughs> oh that was morning, too. It was. It was very early in the morning. Uh, I will say that getting patted down was probably the highlight of my day mm-hmm. that day. Always. I mean, He was hot. He was a good-looking guy. Yes. And, and everyone was so nice. They were so sweet uh, at the Longworth building. And I, I just did not – I keep telling people, I'm like, I had no idea that this was going to be as big a deal as it was. It did not occur – because I'm in drag almost every day of my life. So it's like – I was like, well, go into work. And I knew it would be a political statement because it's a political statement every time you're in drag. Yeah, absolutely. But it did not occur to me because I was just going there to report for this, for yeah, this company. Ex- explain Haps. why you were there. So I was there with, with a startup open source live broadcasting news source. It's called HAPS. And uh, they invited me down to report on the hearings. 
the political director, his name is Jack Bury, had seen me at Barracuda here in New York City. That's the Sunday before. And he, he came up to me after the show and he was like, you're really funny. And I was like, thank you. And he was like, I, are you political? And I was like, I listen to NPR. Why not? <laughs> and, he, and he was like, okay, I want to bring you down to the impeachment hearings on Wednesday. And I was like, sure, Dan. Okay, whatever. And so, <laughs> because people come up to you after your show yes, all the time sure. and they're like, they're I'm going like, to make you a star. I'm going to make you're you a, a kid. star, kid. And so I gave him my card and I was like, I'm never going to hear from this guy again. And the next day, plans were being made. Hotels were being, hotel rooms were being reserved and I was oh, like wow. I was like oh wow this is actually happening and the rest is I guess history now did has the report aired on haps yet because I tried to find this so I could like play a clip or something it has it can it it's a little bit difficult Be- because it's live a lot of it is meant to suck people in in the mm. moment um I, like I do believe but <laughs> <laughs> um I do, <laughs> I do believe it, but I'm, um, I do love, I, I, I think that the, the broadcasts are still maintained on the HAPS Twitter, which is at HAPS News. Oh, good. Um, and uh, it's broadcast live on Twitter and on Periscope. So when you were, uh, when you were streaming live, where were you standing? I was, <laughs> I was in the hallway just outside the hearing room. So like... I mean, I was standing maybe 10 feet from the door to the hearing room. And actually, at one point, I almost got in. But I had I had press credentials, but I did not have congressional press credentials. So they were oh. like, oh, if you want to come in, you have to stand in the public line, which was much longer than the press line. So I was like just about to go in. And they were like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine, aside from the, the metal detector and the mm-hmm. security guard, did you have to go through any kind of security screening just to be in that building? No, I mean, that security, it was like, it Was, was there a background check on you? Not or? that I know of. I mean, I I was not responsible for securing all of the the press credentials, so I have Our no head idea. Of security what is pissy mouth. Literally, could you imagine what a terrible security <laughs> officer? She's like, "Did you bring donuts? You're in." Uh, so, how did you know what was going on inside the room? Was there a monitor that you could watch, or Haps actually had a live feed of the audio going to my headset that mm. I was wearing, so I could hear all of the. Uh, oh, mm. she was a professional yes. reporter fantasy, <laughs> on a Wednesday morning. Yeah. Uh, I could hear everything that was going on inside the room. So at the same time, I had like the hearings playing in my ear. And as I'm broadcasting, I'm broadcasting live on my phone. So I can see all the people like sending in questions and comments on Twitter. And I'm, I have the news anchor in Los Angeles on my screen. And then I can see, I was like, I was like, this is all so much to keep up with. Yeah. I mean, people do that for years and years and years before they get good at it. This Mm -hmm. was like your first time, right? Well, yeah, it was my first time reporting, but I I went to school for musical theater like every other drag queen in yes. New York City. So like I used go? to I went to Montclair State University in New Jersey. Oh, I know Montclair State. Do you? Yeah, I'm from you, Summit. Oh, you are? Uh-huh. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Hello, Jersey How. I'm from right next door to Summit. I'm from a little town called Berkeley Heights. I love Berkeley Heights. Do you? I yes, I used it. to hang out. Did you go to Governor Livingston High School? I absolutely did. I, I used to go to their basketball games. Did you really? I yes. didn't even know we had a basketball team. I know. I only knew that because I was friends with people who like cheered for them. Uh, I didn't give a shit about it, although the players were hot. 
I'm, but Berkeley Heights is adorable. Yeah, it's a it's a fine little town. There's some really great people. My dad still lives there. So wow, who knows? Who knew that that's where the Miles Dynasty? was I know based. that's where it all began. <laughs> I always say I was born in Overlook Hospital in Summit, New Jersey. My father was a pediatrician at Overlook Hospital. Was he really? And mm-hmm. well, I always say I'm like, well, I don't mean to brag, but it's the same hospital that Meryl Streep was born. That's in. right, honey. <laughs> no She's way. our big yeah. claim to fame. Is Meryl? Yeah, it, oh my yeah. God. Meryl Streep and a and a baseball player named. Um, Willie Wilson, I think, is from someone. Anyway, no, so like, Pissy. You could tell me it was anybody. When, at what point did you become aware that your presence there had become a media sensation? Well, not like, just social media, but media. I, I, I didn't really for a while. I, I was, like I said, I was reporting using my phone. So I'm on my phone and all of a sudden I see a text message come up from a friend of mine who works for uh, NBC. And he said, I need a quote from you right now. And I was like, about what? I was like, I'm at work. <laughs> and like, I couldn't answer it. And then all of a sudden I started seeing notifications <laughs> come up. And I was like, but like consistently over and over and over and over again. And I was like, what is happening? I was like, I was like, is something happening? Like, sh- is there an emergency? So I keep reporting, I keep reporting. And at this point I had done a couple interviews because the second I walked in, Every reporter who the hearings <laughs> yeah. hadn't started yet, so every reporter you became was like, the story literally. And uh, by I think we took a break around like one o'clock. I went downstairs with Jack and uh, Giovanna, who was one of the other reporters that day, and we were sitting in the lunchroom down in the Longworth building. And I took out my phone and I opened it, and I had over six hundred <gasps> notifications. And I was like, "What?" happened. Oh my God. And uh, they told me later, I only found this out when I was down in Atlanta reporting at the debates. Uh, They told me, they were like, did you know that that day you were the top trending story on social media in the world? Yeah. And I was like, it it still hasn't like sunken in that that I was like I was like me I was like what am I what could I possibly have done right it's like that happens when there's like a major earthquake yeah that exactly. becomes the number one like you were an earthquake I was an earthquake <laughs> and have caused several just walking down Eighth Avenue <laughs> so what has happened since uh, like how has your life changed I imagine you're getting all kinds of offers and your social media following has probably exploded like what what are the concrete changes i need to know nuts i mean i i gained like a few thousand instagram followers in like a day and uh it's just been i got i got over a thousand friend requests on facebook and followers on twitter and i've had people reaching out to me from all kinds of places i was on uh as a on wpix 11 Mm -hmm. uh the other day and uh right now we're trying to figure out a way because haps wants me to keep reporting with them and i'm really excited to do that uh, and so I'm doing that, but I'm also, I, I keep having to be like, I, I really want to do that, but I'm also a comedian and an entertainer. So I'm trying right. to like find a way to mix all of this with my, my writing and my comedy. And so we're, we're looking for a match. If, if anyone out there is looking for a very funny drag queen who eats a lot of carbohydrates, I'm your girl. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that that can be your niche. I think there are a few of you. I know. Bunny beat me. That <laughs> she stole my gig. <laughs> but have you have, have any really like cool offers come your way as far as gigs? Because I would think everyone like who wouldn't want to have pissy miles headlining their club this weekend. Well, it, that's what's crazy is I haven't I haven't had I've had a bunch of requests for like 2020. So I have a bunch of like pride requests that yeah. I'm, that I'm kind of sorting through but nothing is like 
set in stone yet because I'm basically after all this happened, my husband was the one helping me. Yes, he is a very efficient manager. He's I have to say, the he's the best. one I dealt with throughout yeah. this booking process. Well, because I was, it was literally like up at seven in bed by three every day. And the whole time it was like, get up, work, go to bed. And so I was like falling behind on everything. And my husband is such a workhorse. He's a, he's a Cubano Mm. who just like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) And he, uh, <laughs> very that, very, very that, that. Yes. and uh, see a horse in other ways, <laughs> every way. Nice. Stubborn as Ooh. a mule. Lucky. Um, he was the one kind of helping me to take care of everything. So now we're we're looking for. I'm looking for representation at the moment. That's what I'm happening. sure you're going to get it. Oh how, yeah. How long have you been doing drag? This is my seventh year, I believe, of doing drag. Which is, you know, yeah. it usually takes at least that long oh, yeah. to establish yourself, especially in New York. And I've bounced around quite a bit. I started in New Jersey in Asbury Park, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then I went to Philadelphia, and that was kind of where I made more of a name for myself. And then from Philly, I went to New York City because I, the whole time I lived in New Jersey, and so I was working in all three places kind of simultaneously and meeting all of the people who are my friends who have now gone on to do uh, drag race and are, aren't around as much anymore, but it, it, it created this like network of people that I, I was, in a, I was in a really unique spot that I could have this opportunity to meet so many different people and do so many different things. Now, why Obviously, Ryan and I know who Missy Piles is, mm-hmm. but she's not that well-known an actress. She really she's, isn't. She's not famous, but she's one of those faces where, like, if you show her face to anyone, they'll go, oh, her, because she's been in so many different it's, things. It's Pyle, right? Missy Pyle. Pyle. Yeah, Missy Pyle. So, why, why did you decide to become <laughs> Pissy Miles? It's such a stupid story. It was... Uh, Basically, she was performing in Bear here in New York City oh, wow. when they did the the, the revival. The revival, yeah. And this is a play. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, mu- it's a, mu- a musical. Like a, yeah, yeah. And so at the same time, she was producing a cabaret at Joe's Pub, and I had a friend in college who was pr- a producer on Bear, and he was producing her show at Joe's Pub. And so everything he talked about was like Missy Pyle, Missy Pyle, Missy Pyle. <laughs> everything was Missy Pyle, and. Uh, so I had her name like in the back of my head and my husband nixed every drag name that I came up with every single one. What were some of the others? Uh, there was Lucille Balls. Um, <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> there was Rob. I, I think I, I said Robin Banks was one of them, but that, that like every drag queen is Robin Banks for 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, and th- there were, it was, they were, they were all dumb. Yeah. And then he, I, he, we got into an argument because I love Christmas music. I listen to it like July through January. Mm-hmm. And we were on our way to my sister's house for Christmas and I had Christmas music on. And he was like, can you please turn the fucking Christmas music off? And I was like, I was like, it's Christmas. I'm not turning. And we got into like a little spat and he knew he would get my goat if he was like, do you want to talk about your drag name? And I was like, you know what? You're turning me into pissy miles in a minute. And it just, he was like, I actually like that one. That's <laughs> and amazing. it's sucking. Now I feel like at this point, Pissy Miles is more famous than Missy Pyle. Oh, no. I, I really never do. Say that. Well, you know what's funny is that on her, I don't know if it's, I remember this from a couple of years ago, on her Instagram, it said something like, 
no, I was not in the parent trap because she looks like Elaine Hendricks, who was in the parent oh, trap yeah. with Lindsay Lohan, <laughs> but she's not that person. What is she no. known for? She predominantly. Uh, Mostly, I knew her. I've always been a fan of of Missy's, and I knew her mostly from Galaxy Quest and Dodgeball. Have you ever seen those yes. movies? Dodgeball, I remember. Dodgeball. She plays the like Slovenian, like crazy looking woman with bad teeth and a unibrow, and she's like, "You are the one who always stares at me." And I I loved her because she's she's a beautiful woman and a very talented actress. She's a character act- actress, which is so crazy to me because you look at her and you're like, "Oh, she's clearly an ingenue," but she's so good. Um, so it, that was her in Dodgeball, and in Galaxy Quest, she was the alien that Tony Shalhoub falls in love with. That I never saw. Oh, you never saw? Oh, it's uh-uh. so good. And now, have you met her? And if not, have you heard from her since? Uh, we have never met in person. We had started, we had kind of connected maybe like a year or two ago. Um, because all, all of my friends, Bob, the drag queen, had said to her at one point, he was like, did you know there's a drag queen named after you? And then, like, Monet at one point, I had said something to her, and, like, all these people have that I'm that we have mutual friends have, like, said to her, did you know there's a drag queen named after you? So she knew who I was, and she sent me a friend request, and we had talked a little bit, and I had said how much I love her, and uh, it kind of ended there. And I, the the day we, like, really spoke for the first time was... I was out to dinner with a friend of mine in Hoboken, New Jersey, and I was saying to him, I was like, you know, I just feel like my career is not what I want it to be right now. I feel like things just aren't good. And I looked down at my phone and there was a message from Missy being like, I'm on RuPaul's podcast. Can we call you? And I was like, I got to go outside. That's crazy. And that was the first time I ever talked to her was on RuPaul's podcast. What's the team? Amazing. That's what I want. I want to know what you think about uh, RuPaul's tweet about you, and like what 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 that meant to you, and what that like. It meant a lot because I I I have a lot of respect for someone like RuPaul. Mm-hmm. I know that she's said and done some very problematic, problematic. I, I, questionable. I hate that word. I hate the word do problematic. I yeah. do. I think it's such a like. It's such a shitty word. It like doesn't really mean anything. Like anything could be problematic. Everything is problematic. I think that I think that some of the stuff that she has done, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I I I can't fault her for it. Like it's her show. I can't tell her what to do with it. Sure. Um, but when she tweeted, I was like, oh, that's really cool. But then. <clears throat> Excuse me. So many people kept coming up to me and they were like, they were like, did you know RuPaul tweeted you? Did you know that RuPaul? And I'm like, I was on NPR. Like, I, I was so excited about like all the others. I was like, yeah. I was on the New York Post. I was on, I was like, I was on NPR. I listen to NPR every day. Right, I, like RuPaul's tweet was not the end all be all for you. No, I mean, it was significant because yeah. obviously I have a lot of respect for her, totally. but it was not, it was not like, it was not as big to me about being. Um, Who would have been bigger? Like, if, if what if it had been Madonna or Cher? I mean, if Meryl Streep or Cher had been like, Pissy Miles is the tea, I'd have been like, uh, Pissy uh, Miles is the tea. Bette oh. Midler, literally. <laughs> if Bette Follow Midler. Follow this bitch. Snap out of it. Oh, pissy. forget it. If Bette Midler had been like, if Bette Midler had been like, Pissy Miles is a hero, I would have, I would have been like, well, I can lay down and I'm die done. now. Right. I'm like, I've done everything I was sent here to do. Now, you mentioned Drag Race. Do you have any desire to be on Drag Race? Have you tried to get on Drag Race? I mean, nothing is nothing is ever fully off the table. I'm kind uh-huh. of real. I'm really enjoying what's happening now. In that, I get to really 
I get to kind of forge my own path at the moment, which is really important to me because I'm not, I'm a competitive person. I'm a very competitive person, but because of that, I have a lot of anxiety around competing. Mm. So I think I'm good at competing. I've won a lot of the drag competitions I've done, but it's very stressful for me and I don't enjoy it whatsoever. I get that. I think being on that show would kind of be a nightmare. I, I mean, everyone I know who's been on it has said it was one of the most difficult and rewarding things they've ever done. Right. The reward is huge. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you basically have a, a means of making money for the rest of your life for exactly. as long as you want to keep doing this. So your, your identity as a drag artist is at the mercy of this production company. And, you know, if they want you to be the, the, um, the hero or the, the ingenue or the whatever of the season, mm-hmm. I mean, not, not to say that they, there's, there's, um, manipulation of what's being, but you know, editing is editing. So you never know what your edit's going to be like. And you never that, know yeah. how you're going to be perceived. Well, that's something I've talked to a lot of managers about so far. The people I've talked to about representation, <coughs> I have said, you know, they, they, they were like, you don't understand how unique a position you're in because they're like, I represent all these girls who are on the show and the show has done such wonderful things for them, but you're also in a way combating what people already know about you because of the show and it and not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing it's just like they they feel like they you already know you exactly and all of the managers have said they're like you're in a very unique position because you get to create this narrative about what pissy miles is and that's something i'm really really grateful for well in the time remaining it's time to play everyone's favorite quiz show ask me no questions <laughs> ask me no questions ask me no questions yeah <laughs> if you had to fuck any member of the trump family who would it be oh oh god the blender <laughs> i'd do the blender before anyone else in the house the household Jesus. appliance god uh, I, oh god do there are, are there cyanide i think pills? i'd say don jr but i'd hate myself afterwards Oh, I, oh. Mm. he's such a he's such a disgusting pile. dude. But they're gonna end up paying you afterwards to keep it hush hush. That's so true. You get money afterwards. Think of it that way. Well, Think if, of the money. JB's, but then if, if that's the knows. case, I want Donald because exactly. I want I want to pee on somebody. Yeah, get dirty. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I think I, I think Ivanka. If I was attracted to women, I think I would pick Ivanka. Yeah, well, she's, she's not going to pay you. One. She's asked you to take her with you when you. <laughs> uh, Pissy, who's your favorite drag queen of all time? Ooh, I, I love the classic queens. I can't pick a top favorite, but I will say that my tops are like Bunny, Jackie Beat, Coco Peru, Varla Jean Merman. Those are like yeah. and wonderful Miss, choices. And Miss Icons. I love Miss Richfield. Great choices. Okay, how meaty is your tuck? And here are the choices. Cocktail weenie, ballpark frank, cucumber, or beer can? Oh, goodness. Uh uh, well, I will say that as I've put on weight in my drag career, it has changed gradually. They say that it goes in. The, the, if you, when you gain weight, your, your dick kind of retracts. Well, but then the, the tuck gets meatier oh. because there's mm. so much more of you yeah. there. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm going to say somewhere between uh, a beer can <gasps> and like a, a, like a, a Goodyear blimp. Wow. Ooh. Somewhere. She is she is. Pissy. Oh. It That's is a exciting. delicatessen from the waist Good down. For, well, lots of me. Lucky you, lucky boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, uh, a couple of horses. <laughs> where am I? Oh, okay. If you if you were on Drag Race, who would be your snatch game character? Oh goodness, I have a couple that I've kind of got in my back pocket. I do. I love to do 
Eliza Minnelli impression. So Liza would be my first choice. Although I got so mad at Alexis. I was yes. like, you stole my snatch game, oh you God. bitch. Yeah, but you could do it better. Do, do some Liza first. I love Liza Minnelli. She's just the, the most terrific person in the world. You know, Christine Petty. Do you know Christine Petty? Yes. She's a wonderful comedian. She says the key to doing a Liza Minnelli impression is taking a two-syllable word and making it 11 syllables. Like a word, a word like terrific, terrific. It's, it's terrific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's always laughing. She's always, always so amused by herself. So I love Christine Petty's impression of her, and I love love Mario Cantone's. Impression oh, of Mario her. Cantone mm. is the best. Have you ever seen the movie The Aristocrats? Oh yeah. Oh, you still have to see that, no, right, I Ryan? Seen it yet. You've never brilliant. Seen it. Oh, Mario Cantone goodness. does this thing where he's like, um, I I used to do this song where. <laughs> I would take uh, the percussionist. I love that word, percussionist. The percussionist would take his triangle, put it in front of my triangle, and clang, clang, clang went the triangle. <laughs> Just like Mama used to do. I do I, my, my Liza's terrible. I actually really like your Liza. It's, it's, it's like Liza in the late 70s. It's a little drunken. Yeah. All right. If you could say anything to Donald Trump's face right now, what would you say? Uh, I would say, what shade of lipstick would you like with your jumper? I actually asked that question of Cory Booker uh, when I was at the debates in Atlanta, and I was like, I was like, God damn it! If I had just gotten Bernie Sanders, I would have gotten a really good answer. Cory Booker just like laughed nervously, and I was like, Why can't like anyone could have said impeach? Like it should have been a shade of impeach. Mm -hmm. You asked Booker what shade of lipstick Donald would wear. What what shade of lipstick should the president wear with his new orange Uh. jumpsuit? Was the question I asked. What was Booker's answer? His answer was ha ha. <laughs> like this wide-eyed. Ter- he was like, "Have you met my girlfriend Rosario?" <laughs> oh my god! Is he still with Rosario Dawson? Uh, allegedly, yeah. yeah. Could she be first lady? She's a no horrible person. Than that. Can you imagine, <laughs> Pissy? You mentioned earlier that that drag is always political. How does drag inform your politics, and vice versa? Well, drag is kind of like a suit of armor to me. So it it kind of emboldens me to be able to stand up and say, "This is what's right. This is what's wrong." And I think that. As a drag queen, you meet so many different people. I have a really unique opportunity to meet people because people want to meet me. And so I hear a lot of different stories from a lot of different people. And I think it makes me a, a more well-rounded person to be able to talk to these people and and learn more about them. And that informs my politics because the you you know growing up in a small suburban, predominantly white neighborhood straight straight christian Christian, all the things i wasn't exactly me too and it 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 kind of informs your your ideas in a way that you can't you can't build a larger experience without having to go out and meet so many different kinds of people right and so i think that's probably one of the the best experiences i had even in the capital getting to meet a group of students who were uh daca recipients really changed a lot of my not change but like it it inspired me to do a lot more work for for that well i'm thrilled that you were there and that you made such a splash and thank you so much for coming on the show i know you probably are inundated with podcast requests but (laughs) this was the one to do i love it i don't have to be in full drag right now (laughs) yeah don't tell how can can dress is gorgeous i know listen i am in full drag you've never looked more glamorous big hair how can people follow you on social media 
Uh, you can find me at Pissy Miles on all of it. Uh, PissyMiles.com, P-I-S-S-I-M-Y-L-E-S.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Pornhub, wherever you look. I promise ah. I will be there. Nice. <laughs> Amazing. Ryan and JB, plug yourselves. At Ryan Frosting on Instagram and Twitter. At Stocking Anarchy 12 on Instagram. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pissy Miles. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Missy Pyle, <laughs> Ryan Frostig, JB. Uh, and thank next you, week, you. tune in to hear a classic Lost Ass. Classic. With actress and comedian Michelle Buteau, yes. one of my all-time favorites, She's who is best. now too famous to come on the I show. I love her. She's too famous now. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to download Adam Sank's last comedy album. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Pissy, what are you doing for Christmas? Oh, I am eating all of the Yule Logs. Yes, <laughs> eat that Yule Log, honey. <laughs> We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Mwah. Mwah.